You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. So agape love is the last one. Agape love is perfect. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial and it's pure. And it exists regardless of circumstances. Agape love um, is what we see most often, actually pretty much exclusively in the New Testament, we're talking about God's love for us, agape. Some of you, we, we didn't sing it today, but there's another song that, um, that we sing often uh, regarding God's love. It's called Reckless Love. Um, there's, there's a number of people... Um, uh, I'll just speak this broadly here, who, um, who, who don't like that song because of the way they think it mischaracterizes God. Again, you know, that God is not reckless. And I agree, God is not reckless. But this isn't a characterization of God. It's a characterization of his love, which depending upon which side of it you're sitting, could look really reckless or it could look really um, normal. The words go like this. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. Some of you are humming it in your mind right now. The image that's right there is the image of, um, of, of a shepherd. In Matthew and Luke, Jesus tells the parable of the shepherd who loses, who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them and leaves all the 99 to go find the one. The question for us as we're looking at this from our end is like, well, why would you leave 99 for the sake of one? I mean, potentially while you're gone, something could happen to the 99 and all of a sudden now you have even 40 or 50 and what happens if someone comes and steals it? Why would you risk the larger group for one individual sheep? Isn't it better to have 99 than to possibly lose even more? I think that's just it. That's what the point I think Jesus is trying to make in that parable. The shepherd doesn't think in terms of flock. He thinks in terms of individual sheep. To the shepherd, it's like, one's missing. Who is it? Which one is it? It's Snowflake. I got to go find Snowflake. It's an individual sheep that is, probably has a name that he's looking for. And that's what Jesus is trying to convey. And I think... That's what God happens, is that the shepherd knows his sheep by name, and God knows your name too. Reckless? Maybe. But it's definitely driven by love. And talking about God's love, the song goes on, I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. God shows us love even when we don't deserve it. So from human perspective, God's love doesn't make any sense. It, doesn't, it could even appear to be reckless. From God's perspective, it makes all the sense in the world. His love is such a contrast to what we see and experience today. Too often we see love that is conditional. It has to be earned. It's tied to certain behaviors or emotions or feelings. It's based on how a person, another person makes us feel. Sometimes you might even see love as an obligation. Um, Betsy's not feeling well today. She's got a cold, the sinus congestion and stuff, so she's home. And uh, um, on occasion, uh, she, you know, as spouses do over time, there's, we irritate one another. Um, and so no elbow hitting today here. Um, so 
So I'm gonna, I'm gonna since she's not here, I can use her um, in this way. But she knows, there are instances where she knows she's frustrated me. I'm not angry, but I'm frustrated. You know, you know that kind of, uh, kind of a feeling. And she asked me a question she already knows an answer to. Do you still love me? Well, of course, because I know she knows the answer to the question before she asked the question, yet she felt the need to ask it anyways. I have only one response. No. <laughs> Do you still love me? No. To which then she responds, you have to, we're married. <laughs> then I always respond, well, if I have to, then I guess I do. And then we usually hug. Then um, it, it's fine. But it's that little interaction of, you have to love me, we're married. Oh, okay, I guess. The Bible reveals a godly love that is so much more mature than that. He is... So how is love portrayed in Scripture? How is it that we see um, the love of God and the love that we see manifest through God to all of us? I think one of the ways we see love portrayed in Scripture is God is love, and he has revealed his love for humanity. John three sixteen and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If you're ever in a discussion with someone about why the Christian faith might be the preferred faith over another, nothing is more powerful than these two things. One is our relationship with God is based on his initiative, not ours. Every other religion that's out there says that somehow we've got to figure out a way to get to him. The Christian faith is the only one out there that says God took the first step towards us. And that's huge. The second thing we see in the Christian faith is that there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. It comes freely. Again, no other faith, no other religion out there talks like that or speaks like that about their relationship with God. God's love for us is unconditional, unceasing, and unmeasurable. <clears throat> so I have to pause and I say, if that's true, God's love is unconditional, unceasing, unmeasurable. <clears throat> why is it so hard for some of us to fully accept God's, that God loves us this way? Some of us really struggle with this idea that God could love us like this. I think it's because some of us have had experiences in life that have been anything but loving. And personal experience is one of, there's four factors that make, that help you shape your theology, how you think about God. One of them is experience. If uh, you've been healed, you know, miraculously healed, the medicine can't say, you know, what happened. All of a sudden you have a different experience that allows you to understand God that way. The, the opposite is also true. <clears throat> but too often we think God loves us the way others have loved us. With broken promises and hurt and pain. Or, or we project our own broken way of loving onto God. God's love for us is unconditional. It's unceasing and it's unmeasurable. The Bible goes on to show us that all those who have experienced God's radical love or as those who've experienced God's radical love, we are charged to live out radical love. 
John 13 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Just like Betsy said, you have to love me, we're married. Jesus says, you have to love one another, just like I loved you. There's an obligation there. Notice the command of Jesus is not for our benefit. He didn't say love others so that you'll feel good. Didn't say love others so you'll feel happy. Our love for others is for their benefit. And it's not only for the benefit of others, it's for others outside the faith, which is a really big step. Jesus is telling us that people who have not experienced the love of God for themselves should experience the love of God through us. Loving one another isn't an option. And then third, the identifying quality of a follower of Jesus Christ is how we love others. Again, in John 13, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then in 1 John 4, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love their brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Amazing connection there between loving others and our ability to love God. Now, this past year has shown me that this is much harder than it looks. This idea, the pandemic, social unrest, political upheaval, um, far too many instances on our screens where love wasn't shown to others. Now, I'm pretty confident that each of us have had a conversation with someone that um, even if we didn't verbalize these thoughts, we've had them. Thoughts that went something like this. Wait, you believe that? Now, if you weren't on that side of the conversation, maybe we're on the other one. Why don't you believe that? Or maybe, why are you doing that? Or the opposite, why aren't you doing that? Way too many awkward and uncomfortable moments this past year. Is Jesus saying that we need to have warm, loving feelings for everyone all the time? No, he's not. We need to remember that if all of the law is summed up in love God and love others, then relationships are more important than ideals and principles. Regardless of what we've experienced this past year, our relationships with one another are the non-negotiable item that we need to work through disagreements, that we need to work through the places where we may not see eye to eye and still have a commitment to one another. If not because of warm feelings and emotions, then how will people outside the faith know we are disciples of Jesus? Because of our actions toward one another, how we treat one another, how we talk to one another, how we behave towards one another. Number four, love is expressed not just through words, but must be revealed through actions. First John chapter three, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, 
How can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. I love the words of St. Augustine. Again, it goes back to, I think, the third century um, and his observation of love. He asked, he asked the question rhetorically, what does love look like? And then he goes on to answer it. It has hands to help others, feet to hasten to the poor and needy, eyes to see misery and want, ears to hear the sights and sorrow of men. That's what love looks like. What a great picture. Lastly, love is the most excellent way. 1 Corinthians 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now think about that. Paul, probably one of the greatest men of faith, wrote prolifically about faith in his letters, more than anyone else. And he wrote about hope extensively, about the hope in Christ, the hope in the resurrection of Christ, the hope in our future in God's kingdom. And yet, with all of his things in faith and hope, to him, love was the most important thing. So, let's wrap up my thoughts here. How do we grow in love? If love is so important, love is non-negotiable, love is essential, and it's critical to our faith, how is it that we can safeguard it and grow in love? A couple thoughts. I think one is engage in and grow in your relationship with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your life. The best way to do that is in relationship with other Christ followers. Stay connected. Even if you haven't already done so, let me say, if you haven't already done so, find a group. Whether it's virtual, whether it's meeting in person, find a way to stay connected with other people. Another way that we can grow in love is choose to die to ourselves. It's an example of Jesus. Jesus put the needs of others before himself. It really, it's a matter of heart. It's a matter of decision. It's a matter of attitude to choose to die to ourselves for the benefit and for the sake of others. Lastly, practice love as you purposefully look for opportunities to serve others. Um, I've, I've said um, frequently that if you're feeling down and feeling discouraged or depressed, one of the best ways to get out of it is to do something for somebody else with nothing to gain from it. And if you really can do if you're really the best way to do it, do it anonymously. So they don't even know you did it. Or they don't know who did it. They know something was done, but they don't know who. One of the greatest feelings ever, because you know you know that you were letting the love of Jesus work through you in that moment. Jesus shows us that only when we are willing to give ourselves away for the benefit of others will we truly experience the power of God's love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, so much that, uh, we can, for which we can be thankful this day. Each of us here, uh, Father, are recipients and beneficiaries of your love and of your mercy. And for that, Lord God, we're incredibly grateful that you reached out to us at your own initiative to show us love. And Father, I know that for some of us, we may have a little bit of a, oh, uh, an unclear perspective of love. Maybe because we've never truly experienced love in that way, in a way that's uh, pure and unselfish. 
maybe because we've been hurt by those who say they love us and, or for any number of reasons. But God, my prayer is that any of those who might be here this morning who are feeling that, God, may they in this moment feel your loving power and your loving peace flow through them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. May it just overwhelm and flow over them right now. May they feel your love. May they feel your presence next to them, Lord God, in this very moment. Lord, people will fail us and we will fail people. But God, you never fail. Your love never fails. Father, help us to find contentment in that. Help us to find rest and peace in your love. Not in what others might give us, or maybe not in what we might want from them, but Father, in you and in you alone. For only, Lord God, in you can we find true peace, can we find true hope, and find true love. So God, thank you again for what you're doing in our lives that you've made this step towards us, that you are calling us to join you in relationship with you. And Father, we have the, the, the blessing, the opportunity to show and reflect that love to other people around us. Lord, help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.